Annyeonghaseyo. Hello and welcome to the Hello Taekwondo podcast, the podcast for passionate martial artists. I'm your host, Josh DeBerardinas. In today's episode, we tackle the question, why do we still do traditional Taekwondo forms? You know, the traditional Taekwondo forms you likely learn at your Taekwondo school. Why do we still practice them instead of just focusing on sparring? We explore some of the benefits and why you might not want to omit those forms from your training. And we're also inviting you to join in on this discussion and give us your own take on some of those more intricate Taekwondo techniques that we learn. Joining us for today's episode, our guest is an 8th degree black belt in Taekwondo and owner of Valley Ranch Taekwondo here in Irving, Texas. I'm happy to introduce Mrs. Jenny Lacey. Mrs. Lacey, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I am also great. So we're here to talk about why do we still do traditional Taekwondo forms? It's a great question. And um, I think probably the first thing that comes to my mind is patience. And that's something I think this generation has a little bit of a lack of. Um, everything is right now. What what can I get now immediately? But um when you're learning a form, you have to have patience because going through all of the intricate moves, the sequences, that's when you really start getting into the mind frame of a true martial artist, that it, it's going to teach you the patience to become a black belt, the patience to um, improve your technique, the patience to eventually become a fantastic sparer. Um, I think a lot of people don't think about the form helping you in sparring, but that's exactly what it's there for. A form is an imaginary fight against an opponent, and it's going to help with your coordination, which you need for sparring. It's going to help with your timing, because in the form, we're trying to teach you foot and hand same timing when you land the techniques. What do you need to be a good spar? You need good timing. Um, it's also going to help with breathing. You know, you're, you're taught to ex- exhale on the moves at the end of it. Um, you have to have good breathing to be a good spar. So I think all of those things combined together make you even make you a better martial artist for forms is going to translate over to your sparring. And I think that um, I I completely agree with what you're saying about, you know, it, you know, for the, the patience of it and, you know, helping with the timing. I think that we've had this shift toward, you know, this like results, like this, this very focused, like this very strong focus on like results in sparring and competition. When you, you have things like, you know, MMA and um, UFC and these, they're, they're focusing more on only taking the things that are, you know, useful in an actual combat situation. And I think that there's been a shift toward that, which I don't think is necessarily wrong, but then, you know, you, you are kind of left, you know, having to justify, well, why do we still do these forms? If, you know, most of the time, the stuff that we do in the forms, we wouldn't actually even do in sparring anyway. Right. I, I agree with that. It's something that what, what you just said makes me think about the MMA. So earlier today, it's really funny. My husband was showing me a video of Mike Tyson punching. I think I saw that same video. And he's back. <laughs> oh my goodness. He's what, 53 years old? Looks phenomenal. But you know, he wasn't naturally like that. 
he, he, the way he uses his hips for sparring, you also have to use them in forms. But the MMA, would you, so would you rather see someone do a knockdown drag out fight or would you rather see a knockout fight, but with someone with beautiful technique? Which one is going to be more interesting? That that's true. I mean, I I, I watch. Um, I, I'm going to use Bobby Lacey as a, a reference. Um, you watch him spar, and it's it's pretty, but it's also effective. So um, I it's it's funny that you would bring up the MMA because you do have those brawlers that go in there and then they're just slugging for everything that they're worth but then you see someone like a Mike Tyson and you really can appreciate the technique behind it and I, and I wonder if if traditional forms in in a broader sense I don't know if saying they have a bad reputation is the right way to phrase it but I wonder I'll, I'll use it for just this uh, instance but I wonder if they have a bad reputation because of people maybe not understanding the purpose of it, right? Thinking that, you know, if you're doing a double knife hand block and then you're going to step forward and punch, like it's not realistic to what you would do in a self-defense situation. But I don't think that it's completely a, a waste of time, right? I mean, because without, without practicing on those base like fundamentals of stances and techniques, even if you wouldn't necessarily use them, I think, in, in sparring. I mean, isn't that the art part of the uh, martial arts? Absolutely. That is the art part of it. But again, like the, even the double knife hand blocks, it's, it is teaching you the breathing, the, the body control, the coordination, the timing that you need for sparring. So I, I, I agree with you. I think that a lot of people downplay the importance of forms, but generally someone that is good in a form is going to be good in sparring because they've worked on all of the the breathing, the coordination, the timing, the balance. I I've seen that. I've seen people that have a very good understanding of, you know, the performance of forms and that timing and that speed and that accuracy definitely comes into play for sparring. Well, cuz and that's why I think that that they they sometimes get overlooked because people aren't necessarily performing them or practicing them to their fullest ability, right? If you're not focusing on exactly putting your punch to the right spot, then you're not getting anything out of doing the forms as you might maybe with right. sparring. Right. They've always, the one of the old rules of thumb when I was coming up through the ranks was if you're able to say the alphabet, when you finish your form, then you didn't do it correctly. Mm -hmm. You should put that much mm -hmm. energy and the um, punch and snap in your form so that you're out of breath at the end of it. And I, and I'm just as guilty teaching classes today, the, with the kids, you know, if they're getting the moves correct, I'm not looking as much at them being out of breath at the end of it. I'm, you know, we're working on getting the fundamentals down as they get older and as they're black belts, then I'm really starting concentrating on making sure that they're putting that pop and that snap in it more so. And I think that martial arts today has shifted away from the, um, not full contact, but the, the power that we used to have. Even at white belt level, I can remember doing my form and being out of breath 
and and I think nowadays that the, there's not as much emphasis on that as there should be. And what um, what do you think about the fact? Like, how how do you feel about this? So the the Olympics, right? They, we have Taekwondo in the Olympics. It's a different kind of Taekwondo than what you or I uh, perform. Maybe somebody listening here does uh, that kind of style, but. They, to my knowledge, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure they, they just do the sparring. They don't have any kind of forms in the Olympics. Is that right? Um, I have not seen the forms. I haven't yeah. ever seen anyone do forms for the Olympics. And I, and now I know why, because it's not, it's not as exciting. It's not exciting. You're that. not going to get knocked out <laughs> doing your form. But I wonder if we could have like more of an appreciation for forms, if there was more of a spotlight in like kind of these bigger you know, venues, bigger venues. Yeah. I, I, I think so. But I also think that a lot of times when people are watching the forums, even in, um, and I'm, I, I see this on Facebook, on the internet that, um, they're looking for more acrobatic forms. They're, they're looking for those, the the guys that are doing the flips and the, you know, you know, cartwheels and all of that right. which is not really what traditional taekwondo is and you're not going to be using it in sparring so it's not really applicable so and i guess that just continues to lead us into the question is you know other than what we've talked about so far um because i suppose to play devil's advocate you could still practice your timing and your speed you could do it without forms do the traditional forms have a place here in modern taekwondo um i because i know they also have forms in karate and um i'm not as uh familiar with kung fu i'm pretty sure i i think they also have um they do like like series of movements like with forms um but all of the popular big like uh media um what's the word i'm looking for showcases of martial arts it's not it's not the thing to show anymore. And so yeah, cuz you you're going to have people that are going to argue that it's not it's not relevant because it doesn't have any immediate, you know, practical value. You do have some martial artists and some schools that I would say are doing fake martial arts in the first place. Not to name any specific styles or any specific schools, but I wonder if they give it a um a bad reputation because of how they're approaching the subject. That, and, and that's true. But again, and that's, that's true with not just Taekwondo, but any other martial arts. Um, and it's funny you say that. It, years ago, I, I heard a statement, um, a, a phrase, and I, I am paraphrasing on this, so keep that in mind. Um, if you have effective technique in your form, you will have effective technique in your sparring. And I think that a lot of schools aren't um remembering that when they're when they're teaching the forms and i I agree that some some forms of of martial arts are kind of pushing kids through the ranks students through the ranks and and skipping over the basics the core of it and i think forms is one of the basics one of the cores of taekwondo you've got to master the techniques in order to move on through the ranks. I know of a specific school that I, I won't name. Um, I'm sure nobody listening has, knows of the school anyway, but I wouldn't name them. But um, 
it's a school that a family member of mine um, trains at, and they do only forms. They they don't. The instructor does not believe in sparring, or they. I think they do sparring, but I think it is like no contact sparring, like zero, like zero contact, not just light sparring, but zero contact. And that I would say, if you're just doing forms, then in a self-defense aspect, if you're just doing forms, I would say they don't have value because you, I think they, it's a yin and yang kind of thing where they need to be paired with the sparring so that you can take those skills and then that you've refined during forms and then do those like small adjustments in sparring that make them effective. What are your thoughts on that? Um, That is unfortunate because (laughs) Taekwondo is a form of self-defense. And are you actually learning how to defend yourself if you never actually have to defend yourself, if you've never put in that situation? Uh, And unfortunately, there are schools around that are only forms and you're able to get a black belt. But it boggles my mind that that's true. (laughs) Yeah. And that particular school, um, I've heard also doesn't, uh, believe in like no changes in failing testings. So you're not going to do sparring and you're not going to, you know, fail testing. Um, which is something that I know that a lot of people I know disagree with. Uh, it's a very unpopular opinion is to never fail. I, I can't think of anyone that I know personally that agrees with that. Not that they've told me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Not that that they've told me. Maybe they secretly have that opinion. But But if you never have a failure, then how are you going to really appreciate the success that you will eventually have? Exactly. You know, you have to, at some point in your life, whether it's in school, whether you're going to fail a test, whether it's um, you don't get that job that you interviewed for, at some point in your life, something is not going to go your way. And you're going to eventually have to learn how to fail so that you can have to learn how to succeed. And, and failing when it comes to forms, I think is uh, a really important, um, I think it's a really important aspect of, of doing the forms is having that precision that you know that if it's not correct, that you can't pass. Are, are we putting too much, now I would say we aren't, but just to ask you, are we putting too much emphasis on the exact technical correctness of each of the moves of the forms, especially as you get up toward these level of black belts? Like, why do we need to have it exactly the way it is if I can still be effective in sparring? I say, you know, not necessarily believing that myself, but what's your take on that? Well, I think you're looking for a well-rounded martial artist. You might have someone that possibly doesn't do the form correctly, um, but is a super good sparrer. They're effective out there. But you want them to understand the technique that they're using. That's, I think, the comprehension of Taekwondo is where the forms come in. You know, you have to comprehend, you have to understand the body language of the form and why you're doing these movements in order to to be a well-rounded martial artist because that I mean that's what a black belt is you're a master of the basics so you have to be able to understand the techniques i think there's also this idea that you know there's like this romantic idea of forms right and i i don't i don't personally 
believe that something like doing mixed martial arts or like, you know, someone who might go in and fight in like the um, UFC, I don't look down on that as being a lesser form because they're not doing forms, but it does carry with it this kind of, for a lot of people, I feel like it's got this kind of weight to it of, or this persona of like, well, that's not, you know, it, it's, it's, it's the non-traditional doesn't have that romanticized kind of training that, you know, the, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, and it's funny that, but someone that thinks that to me doesn't understand what those men and women are doing right? because you're, I'm watching them and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that technique, he just took him down and put him, you know, in, in a headlock or an arm bar or whatever it is with such precision and accuracy. And so fluidly, I think that the people that um, don't have a romanticized version of, of the UFC, they're not really appreciating. They don't understand the technique and the training that those guys have gone and ladies have gone through. That's a really good point. So for somebody who is training, they are doing forms, maybe their uh, particular style of martial arts does, you know, work on these kind of traditional form movements. What advice would you give to them so that they're not wasting their time? Because I do think I've seen some students that I, that are not actually learning when they're doing their forms. I, they, they're wasting their time. Um, I'm trying to help them not to waste their time <laughs> as they're doing this form, but they're not actually getting any benefit from it. What would be your advice to help students get the intended benefit from doing forms. Well, and it goes back to um, what we had talked about earlier. Imagine you are in a fight for your life. That's what you're doing. You know, you're turning to the left. You have someone attacking you. You have to block that technique and then counterattack. And um, it, it's harder, obviously, for the younger children to comprehend that. It's also, it's a lot more effort that a lot of kids are not willing to put in for some reason absolutely and and it's not just the younger kids sometimes the older teenage kids and a lot of it times with the teenagers I feel like it's more of a uh, not self-confidence but they're you know they're looking at their friends watching them do it they're afraid to look silly yeah they don't want to they absolutely do not want to but then there's a reason they're in your school to begin with right they they want to be better they want to learn martial arts but they also they need that confidence i i just recently was talking to a student and i was trying to get them to understand that idea of that you're really in a fight for your life right i one of my pet peeves when i'm watching a forum is seeing someone place a technique right they're not performing the technique they're not actually blocking they're not doing a high block they're not doing a low block they're not doing the technique they're pantomiming it they're they're showing this is how it starts this is how it ends but if and i and i was explaining to them and i was telling them imagine if like the biggest baddest person you know was throwing a punch right to your right to your face okay did you just get hit in the face i think you did because that double knife hand block did not look like it was going to block anything <laughs> my grandma just punched you in the face and she doesn't even do taekwondo <laughs> so i how do we get the students to better understand that how do we get them to really put that you know, effort. I mean, that's the, I mean, if we, if we knew the ultimate answer to that. Right. You, you'd have a million dollars. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> that, that's the million dollar question right there. And, and I think some will get it. I, I think you're going to have a set group that will never understand it. They won't ever get it. But, and I think that's why you teach martial arts. It's not for a hundred percent success rate. 
I think you teach it because you have that one student that you see that light bulb click and you're like, yes, they get it. They just, it just clicked for them. Everything I've been telling them for the past year, they get it. And sometimes, and sometimes that's, you know, as a school owner, as a martial artist, it, it makes it all worth it. That's my favorite moment is when that happens and you can see it happening sometimes. Um, And it's sometimes it's even just as subtle as you've told them a hundred times to do this one thing and then they just start doing it and nothing changed with how you explained it. It just sometimes it takes time for them to really understand that. To me, one of the funniest times is when someone else comes in <laughs> yes. and they tell them the exact same thing. <laughs> Maybe they using, switch the words in the no, sentence. <laughs> sometimes they use the exact same words and the kid is looking at you like, why didn't you ever tell me that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and you just want to throw your hands up and walk away. <laughs> or or that, say, that student comes up to you and says, I listen to what I just learned. You know, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so just told me this. And I'm like, and like, that's some good advice. You should probably listen to that. <laughs> and I'm secretly thinking, I told you that last week, but okay. <laughs> you know, sometimes it just takes them that moment in their life. They, they weren't open for what you were saying. They weren't receptive. But you know what? Eventually, as long as they get it, that's what you're looking for. Now, I do want to take a moment to um, dive a bit deeper into the idea of forms for a moment. Some forms have very obvious uses with their technique, right? Some techniques you're like, okay, I can see how I'm going to use this. This I understand. Some other forms have techniques that you kind of look at and you kind of scratch your head and wonder, what is happening here? And I think that's where... I think two things that one, maybe that's where we lose um, any effectiveness if you don't understand what you're doing with the technique, but also you could make the argument that is it actually even going to be effective if it's this complicated, because some of the, some of them are a bit overcomplicated, right? So not everything is, is as simple as blocking or punching. So, I mean, how do you feel about those, you know, those kind of techniques where it's like, what is, what is this move? You know, it looks flashy, but what is it? Well, but again, it goes back to, and you have to incorporate the hand foot art, right? There is an artistic element that some liberties are taken and (laughs) (laughs) some moves might not actually be applicable. So that's the artistic part of it that's coming through. And, you know, I can hear some people saying then, well, then just get, why not get rid of those, right? Get rid of the stuff that doesn't work. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what MMA is, right? You just take only the parts that you feel are, are working and you're, you're losing more of that performance art. Not that that's necessarily better or worse off. Uh, that's, that's your personal opinion, I guess. That's, that's debatable. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I agree that yeah, I, I would say keep them because of it being traditional, but I'm, I'm struggling to find out like a, a, a second reason why to keep some of these like fanciful techniques where it's like doesn't seem like it would actually work. Because then, then I, I know I kind of have that thinking about it. I have that like identity crisis of like, am I doing fake martial arts when I do this technique? You know, I wonder how many other people feel like that when they're doing some of these other techniques. Have you ever struggled with that idea before? Uh, I have. And you do. The, the, you have to have a flow. Right. To the form. And I think some of the moves help the form flow a little bit better. And that's that's why they're in there. And you will have people come up with 
reasons <laughs> yes for the moves and um, I, I think that's fantastic i think i think the uh creativity that people use for some moves and i've heard some crazy creative uses of this this is why we're doing this move and <laughs> right and it, it's great that to use your creativity like that I wonder if there's any techniques that we've uh, lost the meaning to. I'm sure somebody somewhere could tell you, because um, I mean, General Choi, the creative Taekwondo, um, he passed away, but not too long ago, like 18 years or so. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's not like it's some long forgotten you know, art form. And so I would imagine, well, I would assume that every move in Taekwondo he created with a purpose or or if some of them are borrowed from Shotokan karate that he originally learned if you know they had a purpose there now i'm interested to find out if there's like i want to catalog the the original intent of the move because i feel like a lot of what was taught to me not a lot of let me let me rephrase that not a lot but i feel like there's you know what was taught to me and not just by my own instructor but just by any other instructor who ever gives you advice on moves if you you've ever as a, as a taekwondo instructor you've all you've come across this Everyone has. I'm going to make that statement. Everybody has had that moment where a student asks you, what does this move do? And you're just like, oh, gosh. Uh, well, um, let me find out. <laughs> <laughs> and I just wonder if we've lost any of the true meanings. I'm sure I'm sure they exist. I'm, like, I'm sure somewhere along the, yeah, along someone the way. Knows. Someone knows for sure. I'm sure there's a book. I'm sure there's a, somebody, somebody in the comments is screaming about a book that uh, has all of them, I bet. Somebody's written it down. I don't know. It's just it's interesting to me to think about um cuz I mean some of them are like you know you know the ones you can picture them in your head. If you're not a, if you're not a black belt, you know some of them. If you are a black belt, you know the other ones. You, you know several of them. <laughs> you know those ones that we're talking about that you look at and you're just like this is interpretive dance it feels like but i'm sure it has an app and uh, a real life application to it and now i'm really interested to i want to know yeah, i want to find it out i um i wonder if it's in the encyclopedia set there it might be there is an encyclopedia set available that you could probably look it up and see we'll have to look that up i'm gonna i'll look it up and if i found any answers i'll uh, i'll put them in the show notes uh, that would for be you amazing. guys listening yeah. I, I would like to see um eventually if there are some comments to, to find out what moves people are most perplexed by. In That's forms. a great idea. That's a great idea. Look, I want uh, anyone listening. Um, if you're listening on, on a, uh, on a platform that doesn't have uh, commenting, um, then I'm going to invite you to head over to hello, taekwondo.com and uh, you'll be able to find this episode and you should be able to comment at the bottom. And I want you to tell me um, what move is, one of those crazy moves that is either, you know, what is one of your favorite moves that looks like it doesn't make any sense? And do you have an explanation for, you know, what it does? Because I've heard, I because I've had instructors tell me different ex explanations for, for different, the same techniques. For yeah. the same technique, right? Somebody, somebody doesn't have to be wrong, but one of these is intended or both of them aren't, right? Or, you know, but one of them is a right answer and one of them is... Is, crea is a creative is answer. Is a creative answer. And you know what? And bringing it back home to, you know, using and sparring, whatever the intent of the move was, if you can get it to work in in any situation, right? It's Because if, if you're going to be in a self-defense situation, nobody is going to care if you are in a proper stance. Nobody is going to care if you chamber correctly 
if you're in a self-defense situation. But I think that doing these forms, the most most of the moves, if not all of them, I would argue they have a specific chamber, a specific beginning, a specific path of the technique that is optimized to make it the most effective, right? And if you've been if you've been honing that technique, I feel, right, uh, of of getting the move exactly right, which someone might say, ah, it's a waste of time, you, you know, it's not applicable in sparring. But if you've been getting that practice in, now it's second nature. Yes. And you don't have to think about... You can just throw it. You can just do it. You can just do it. And so I think that, I think, is the takeaway from today is that maybe, you know, when you when you get across from your partner in a sparring match, maybe you're not going to do uh, a spear hand, right? And, and, and jab them with your fingertips. Or maybe you're not going to do a, a 360 double knife hand block, right? <laughs> but... But maybe you will. But maybe you will. What if, what if, uh, <laughs> you know, we can, we can make up scenarios all day, but what if you, um, what if they kick you and you get knocked backwards and you jump and spin at the same time and you have to block them as they're coming in for the second technique? And, you know, I think that you could come up with a scenario for every technique. And while you're probably not going to use most of them, while you're also just appreciating the art form you know, in and of itself, I think in the performance of it, you're also getting that back catalog of techniques that you can do without even having to think about it. Right. You have it in your arsenal. Some of them I do have to still think about though, occasionally some of those crazy ones, but well, great. Um, Mrs. Lacey, uh, thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciated having you. I think we got a lot out of this, uh, topic. I think it's definitely an interesting topic. Um, and I'm excited to hear from the listeners to see, if they have any particular moves that they have any explanations for, or if they can just say like, you know, this is my favorite of the crazy moves. This is the craziest move that I know. And right. So, uh, but uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. And so if you guys live in the uh, Irving area in Texas, um, head on over to VRTKD. That's VRTKD. Dot com and that's for Valley Ranch Taekwondo. It's a great school. I've been there. I'm there quite often. <laughs> um, you guys should absolutely check it out. That's it for today, guys. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to hear more of the Hello Taekwondo podcast at hellotaekwondo.com. And don't forget to leave us a review wherever you listen. If you enjoy the podcast and you want to help support the show, you can keep it going by donating as little as 99 cents per month. Yes, really, 99 cents per month. That really does help out the show, even that small amount. And I encourage you to do that by going to hellotaekwondo.com support. We really appreciate all the support that we get from you guys. You guys are what makes this show possible. Again, that's hellotaekwondo.com support. Thanks for listening. Keep kicking, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Hello Taekwondo podcast.